Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeaky, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling. The Money Pit is presented by Pergo and Mr. Beans. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on on this beautiful but chilly weekend? Is it a project inside the house? Are you working outside the house? Is there one thing you want to get done outside before it gets too cold to work out there? Hey, whatever's on your to-do list, slide it right over to ours. Pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question to our website at moneypit.com. Hey, coming up on today's show, if you're lucky enough to have a sprinkler, system for your lawn. Now is the time that that system needs to be winterized and you don't want to see what happens when it's not. Trust me, it's not pretty. It happened to me once and it was a real mess. We're going to tell you what needs to happen to avoid that frozen mess just ahead. Plus, winter weather is right around the corner. We know you might be ready for it, but is your roof? We'll tell you how to do a DIY inspection to make sure it is and it's one you can do from the safety of the ground without ever stepping foot on a ladder. Plus, this hour, we've got a great prize we're giving away. It is the Mr. Beam's Home Safety and Security Lighting Bundle, including the new Mr. Bean's Ultra Bright Ceiling Light, which is battery-powered, so no need to run wires. You can pretty much light large areas of your house, like a closet or a shower or a shed or maybe your pantry, for up to a full year. Yeah, the total package is worth over $169, so call us now and we'll shed light on your home improvement project and maybe send you the Mr. Beam's Home Safety and Security Lighting Bundle to shed light on the rest of your house. The number is one eight 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 money pit It's going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. Call us right now at 888-666-3974. Mark in Missouri, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I've done a lot of different construction work, side job-wise and everything, and here lately I've been messing kind of with roofing. Of course, you know, you've got the shink, the shovels and all the good stuff like that, And but there seems to me like there's a lot of nail pulling or nail pounding, this and that, and I was wondering who, I've got a sort of an idea on a shingle stripper is what I've named it. I don't know. I mean, picture a concrete power trowel, slower rotation, but with maybe some little, I don't know, little type teeth on it or something that turns it a slow, something that you could, you know, not quite as long as that, maybe eight foot long that you could mount 
and it slowly turns down the roof. Oh, you want you want something that is like automatically can pull the shingles off the roof? That's an interesting idea. He wants like a Roomba vacuum for the roof that'll strip the shingles off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's a roof strip roof shingle stripping tool that a lot of major manufacturers have, and that's generally what I see the roofing crews use. And frankly, with that tool, you know, you can strip a roof pretty quickly. I mean, I've seen four guys on a roof strip it in, in less than an hour. And right down to the plywood, it's ready to go. And, and I, I don't think there'll be, you'd find a market for a product like that, which is why I don't believe that one exists. I think the uh, the handheld roof stripping tool is, is the one you need. Of course, we use the shovels, you know, the usual shingle shovels and all that good stuff. But it gets to be a task when, you, you know, you run into a nail or you, you know, stuff like that. Or, and it seems like, I don't know, even maybe like a wood floor sander type apparatus to where it would... You know what I'm saying? Kind of just get it up underneath the lip. You wouldn't, the paper, you wouldn't really, you know, you could deal with, but just, you know, to where it would cut back on the nail pounding and the. Are you actually using a roofing tool? There's there's different types of, you call them shovels, but there's a, a product called a D handle roofing tool that is available at the Home Depot that I've seen. And it's kind of like a scraper on a, on a shovel handle. And it works very, very quickly to pull off shingles. Well, it's. I mean, we're using, yeah, we're using the uh, shingle, sh- I call them shingle shells, but they, they work good. But, you know, I was looking, I'm just, I come up with ideas and I'm, you know, uh, to be honest with you, maybe one of these days I'll come up with one to where I can retire, but you know, instead of being <laughs> well, <laughs> I certainly hope you do. Um, but I will tell you that the the um, roofing tools that are out there, uh, the Razorback one, I remember seeing at, a, at an event some time ago, and I liked it because it has sort of a fulcrum design where it can get under the shingle and the nails, and then you sort of push the handle down, and it pops them right up. So it, it might be that you're not using the right tool yet, and, and uh, you might want to experiment more with some of those more modern uh, roofing tools that strip the shingles off. I don't believe there'll be a market for that particular product, but listen, stay out of it. Don't let us talk you out of it. I mean, there could be other things that you'll come up with that, that will sell, but I've seen these uh, roofing tools be so effective that I don't believe there'd be a power version of it. Okay? Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Susan in Missouri has a question about a fireplace. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Well, I have a gas fireplace, and it's one of those where they seem to have cut the hole in the wall and stuck the fireplace in there. And now I cannot stop the the wind from blowing in. I don't know what to do. Okay, so is the wind coming in the hole where the gas pipe is coming through? It seems to be coming from all around the fireplace. You know, it's got a... Um, the mantle and it comes from around the mantle and anywhere where there's, you know, where um, it's been put together, it seems to have coming in. And of course it is coming in. Um, it's got the outside box, I guess, to have the exhaust. Okay. So this sounds to me like it's a, like it's a manufactured fireplace as opposed to an old brick one that was converted to gas. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. What? And it has doors on it too? No. It does not. Do you know what the brand is of the fireplace? Lennox, I believe. Well, the first thing I would do is I would take a look at the installation. And very often there's probably gaps somewhere around that box that were not properly sealed. Uh, I could. I would also uh, consider contacting Lennox and getting the original installation instructions. You may even be able to download those, which would give you or your contractor a guide to determine if it was correctly installed. And then thirdly, I would find out if doors are available for that fireplace, because that could solve all your problems. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Especially if it's a if it's a gas fireplace pre-made and it has a combustion air supply, you may be able to keep that all behind the glass doors and stop all the drafts from coming through. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. I'll try that. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, if you have a sprinkler system, now is the time to get it winterized. Done well, you won't have any issues. But done poorly, you might end up with a few unexpected repairs this spring. We'll have tips to have it done the right way after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Today's Money Pit is presented by Mr. Beams, lighting solutions that can be installed in five minutes. No wires, no electrician, no kidding. Find Mr. Beams lights at major retailers and learn more at MrBeams.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love to hear about your home improvement projects, so give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT. You might just win our giveaway this hour. It's the Home Safety and Security Lighting Bundle from Mr. Beams, including the Mr. Beams Ultra Bright Ceiling Light, which is cool because it's big enough to to light large areas like closets and showers and sheds, but it's battery-powered. So one set of alkaline batteries can run this for like a year, which is just amazing. It's worth $29.99, but the bundle includes several of the Mr. Beam Light products for a total value of $169. So if you'd like to win it, give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your home improvement question and your opportunity to win that fantastic prize from Mr. Beam's. Going out to California where Marlene's got a question about a rotten egg smell in the bath. What's going on? In our master bathroom shower, when you turn on the hot water faucet, it smells like rotten eggs. It's really awful. And um, this lasts for, you know, several minutes and then it'll go away. We have oh six other hot water faucets in the house, including a shower, and none of these faucets do this. And so we were wondering, you know, should we call a plumber? Would a plumber know what to 
do to uh, change this? Marlene, that odor usually stems from your water heater, even though you're only smelling it in those couple of bathrooms. I suspect it could be forming in your water heater. That sort of rotten egg or sulfur smell is actually caused by bacteria in the water, and it's reacting to the deterioration of the sacrificial anode, which is inside a water heater. It's usually made of magnesium or aluminum, and it will react with that and cause that odor. So one of the solutions is to replace that anode. And if you look at the top of the water heater, that looks like there's a bolt sort of stuck into the top of the water heater. That's the anode there. And if you pull that anode out and replace it, uh, even with one, a better bet is one that's made of zinc. There's, there's a type of anode called zinc alloy. Um, that will stop that odor from happening. Oh, Okay. It's probably best to have a plumber do that, yeah. But if you call a plumber about this rotten egg odor and tell them to look at your anode, I think you might find the solution right there. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mike in North Dakota's on the line has a drywall question. What can we do for you? We're putting a drywall. Do you put, would you put in half inch drywall uh, if you're going to finish the garage? Uh, it's. Uh, Two by sixes with 16 inch centers. Is the garage detached or an attached garage? No, it's unattached. So, a couple of things. First of all, since it's the reason I asked you if it was connected to the house, because if it was, the wall between the garage and the house has to have a certain fire rating to make it safe. If you want to, you know, do a, a little bit better of a job and you may be required to, I would put five, in, five eighths inch thick. Uh, fire-resistant drywall on those walls as opposed to standard uh, half-inch. It's a little more expensive, but why not have a fireproof or certainly a more fireproof uh, garage assembly? Um, You also asked, uh, I think it was our producer, whether or not the drywall has to be on the concrete, and the answer is no. You definitely don't want it to be in contact with the concrete because drywall is covered in paper. And if you have it in contact with concrete, it's going to get damp and wet and, and, and really messy. You want to make sure you keep it up at least an inch off of that floor. Now, what do you when you when you finish when you finish it off? What would you put in there for the to cover that inch up? Just uh... if you really wanted to finish it nicely, yeah, you could put sort of a, a baseboard type of a of a of a piece down there. Like in my garage, I have a piece of one by six pressure treated along the floor, and that makes up sort of like a band board that's sort of the baseboard molding all along. Because you know we're always like sort of pushing stuff up against it and that kind of stuff. And I wanted something uh, tough because I knew if we were you know pushing a hand cart up against the drywall, we'd end up with dents in it and that sort of thing. You're right there. That's what I did with my old one. (laughs) All right. Good luck with that project, Mike. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, sprinkler systems are a luxury that afford you a green lawn and garden all spring and summer long. But if you live in a climate where they need to be winterized, it's a job that has to get done right, or you could be faced with a big repair bill come spring. Yeah, that's right. And that kind of happened to us, mostly due to a lack of communication. I actually thought that the sprinkler system had been winterized, as did uh, my sprinkling contractor. However, uh, one fine but chilly day, early winter, we heard a a very distinctive but alarming sound, Leslie, that, that says, pipe break, you know, and it was just a mess. The water was coming out of mile a minute. It was actually broke outside the house, but it was flooding back in towards the basement. And 
boy, we had to really scramble to get that taken care of very quick. So in our case, it was simple miscommunication. But what I've seen more commonly is that people will not fully winterize their sprinkler system. They won't get all the water out. And then the thing is, you don't find out about this till next spring when you try to turn it back on and find out you got a bunch of leaks. Now, you know, there really are three different ways that you can winterize your sprinkler system. There's manual, automatic, and blowout. Now, the first step in all cases, though, is turning off the water supply. That's right. Now, when it comes to the manual, basically, you're going to open up the drain valves and allow the water to drain. And, you know, gravity plays a piece in this. But if your system is set up so that it can't be manually drained, um, then you might have to go with either an automatic or the blowout system, which is frankly the most common. And this is where a sprinkler company will actually use a high-pressure compressor to sort of push all that water out. And I like that the best. And here's why because you absolutely positively can be 100% confident that you got the water out of the system. You actually see it come up through the sprinkler heads. You can hear it at each sprinkler head, and you know that you're not going to have a problem uh, next spring when it comes time to turn the water back on. But get it done once. Get it done right uh, so you don't have any broken heads or, or broken lines that will be a ex- big, expensive fix uh, come next spring. Oh, yes, yeah, seriously. The money you save in the service contract that allows them to shut off your sprinkler system correctly is worth it, You know, considering that if you have a you know, frozen pipe one time, you're going to spend all of that and then some in the repairs. 888-666-3974. Let us help save you some repairs. Call us now for the answer to your home improvement project. Gwen in Rhode Island's on the line with a painting question. Tell us about what you're working on. Uh, I'm going to have my house painted and I was going to have it power wash. And someone said to have them to have them use bleach. But I don't remember them my husband having it done with bleach because I don't remember the smell. To have, and uh, I wanted to have about the roof power wash, too, and I wanted to know what to use for the roof. So if you use bleach, the problem with that is you're going to kill all your landscaping. There are, there are better options. There's a product called Spray and Forget that works quite well where you really don't have to power wash it. If you're going to power wash it, um, there are different detergents that are specifically designed to work with power washers that will help kind of emulsify and, and, and loosen up that dirt um, as you apply it. You do have to be careful with a power washer. If you use too much pressure, you can cause damage uh, to the siding or certainly damage uh, to the roof. But if you want to try something very passive, especially if it's mold, moss, mildew, or algae, you can simply apply spray and forget and leave it on for you know several days, and you'll see it start to break down. It stops those those um, those materials from growing, uh, and leave it on for a few days. You'll see them start to fade away. And what about the roof? What should I use with the roof? Same thing, same product. Yep, exactly. Okay, thank you very much. I listen to you all the time. You're so welcome, Gwen. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. John in Minnesota, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I have a, a sauna in my basement that I have to transfer over to a, a shower. Okay, you want to convert it to a shower? Yes, and I'm wondering what I could put on those walls to dress it up, like um, some paneling or panels, or do I have to use um, tile? Okay, well, first of all, um, before we talk about what you're going to put on the walls, wh- how are you going to drain this? Is there a drain below the floor? Yes, I have a cement floor, and there's a, a drain right in the middle of the in the room there. Yes. Now, do you know if that drain is connected to the plumbing system of the house, or is it just a basic floor drain that perhaps goes outside somewhere? 
Uh, it is hooked up to the uh, uh, my sewer system. All right, terrific. Well, that's the hardest part. That's solved. So now it just becomes sort of a decor question for you. And you say that, that this was a sauna at some point in time? Yes. So I guess the sky's the limit here. I mean, what do you like? Do you like tile? Do you like uh, solid surfacing materials like Corian? I mean, you have you can pretty much do anything at this point. You're going to start with the floor, and you're going to put you're definitely going to put tile on the floor, I would think, and replace that drain with a cover that's built into the tile base. Um, and then from there, you're going to build it up. So you could do really anything you want to do at this point. You could put uh, tile on those walls. You could put solid surfacing materials on those walls. You know, or if you want to keep it funky, you could leave them as a wood. You could leave it as wood. I'm presuming it's probably cedar or some other type of moisture-resistant material. Um, well, the walls are that gla- it's that clay tile. Oh, the walls are clay tile? So then it has to be covered, yeah. So then the right thing to do here, if, if it's, it's basically sort of a raw surface right now, is you're going to need to put in a shower pan to start with and then build up the bathroom from there. Now, if you've already got walls that are sort of creating this, how big is the space that the sauna was in now? Eight by eight. Okay. Do you want an eight by eight shower? You want it to be a, a pretty much a, a drive-in shower there? That's <laughs> a pretty big shower, but you want it to be that big? Well, I was going to probably have like 80% of it, the shower. I wanted to put a double, like a double two-headed shower or one on the, yeah. have a rain shower on top and one coming out the side and then the other. Yeah, like a car wash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Then the other part, just kind of a drying area. So, John, this sauna area, this 8 by 8 area, this is made of the terracotta clay tile? Yes. And I think you can glue a ceramic tile right to that with a good quality tile adhesive, as long as it's fairly flat, uh, because the tile is not going to bend. But if it's a flat surface, you should be able to adhere the tile right to it, since it's already a water-resistant back, uh, and, and, and pretty much go up from there. Now, the the floor have to build up a uh, a shower pan there so you get good drainage down to the to the to the hole in the floor so to speak but once you get that established i think you could adhere ceramic tile right to those terracotta terracotta walls and go right from there now make sure that you have ventilation in that space you have an exhaust fan of course do all your plumbing uh ahead of time and the last thing you'll do is lay those tile walls in does that make sense okay Yes, it does. All right, John, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, if you are expecting an addition to your family sometime soon, this show makes great sense for you. We've got the creator, Chip Howell, of a new show called Baby Makes 3, stopping by the Money Pit, talking about design trends on this new series that talks about creating your dream nursery. So stick around. 888 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. 
and its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, laminate flooring has become one of the most popular styles of floors invented in the last 20 years. It's beautiful, it's durable, and it's pretty easy to install. Yes, but one thing it's not is water resistant. That's all changing now with the introduction of a new product from Pergo called Outlast. It has a water resistant technology called Spillproof 24. With us to talk about that is Will Hudson, the laminate flooring merchant for the Home Depot. Welcome, Will. Thanks, Tom. Good to talk to you. I'm so glad to hear about this product because we, from time to time, get calls from listeners who have suffered this uh, same fate with um, bad spills and water that invariably gets on the floor, and then the laminate flooring swells and basically becomes unusable. I mean, it's, it's a almost impossible situation to repair. So I guess you were hearing the same thing. Is that what led to the development of this product from Pergo? That's exactly right, Tom. One of the areas that we heard from customers is they're looking for more protection against water. With laminate flooring being made of wood, it can swell and expand when exposed to water. So as a result, we tell our customers to use tile or vinyl planks in water-prone areas such as kitchens, bathrooms, or mudrooms. Well, customers no longer have to make that trade-off thanks to the, the partnership between the Home Depot and Pergo. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I mean, it's not just those obvious places like the basement or the bathroom, but when you think about the other places where water still gets tracked in, like your mudroom or your entry foyer, you know, you got your kids coming in with wet boots or snowy boots. It's all of those places where water comes in. You might not see it right away. It sits there on the floor for a while and can do its damage. No, that's exactly right. I mean, there's some obvious places like kitchens and bathrooms where Outlast Plus is right in the wheelhouse. But there are some other more subtle areas like a mudroom or an entryway where you've got the kids tracking in rain or mud. Um, you've got those accidental spills. Uh, pit, we call them pet liquids. <laughs> that, uh, very very politically correct of you, Will. That, uh, maybe one of those slippery uh, spills that uh, someone may not remember, but without lasting, they no longer have to worry about it. We're talking to Will Hudson. He's the laminate flooring merchant at the Home Depot. He makes him the head flooring guy. So, Will, for those who are not familiar with laminate flooring technology and, and exactly what a laminate floor is, can you give us a brief overview? Because I think most people associate laminate with uh, old uh, laminate countertops. But the, this flooring product is a lot tougher than that, right? Oh, absolutely. So think of it as more of a sandwich where you've got a an MDF board as the base, um, and then you can design that 
that uh, that look however you'd want. So a different print that would go over the MDF board and then a, uh, a laminate press over to protect. So um, over the years, there hasn't been a ton of innovation here, uh, but with Outlast, that's changed. Um, and Pergo really came up with a unique locking system that is what prevents the water from seeping into the boards and creating damage that you mentioned in your kickoff on uh, water basically causing that swelling and expansion of a board. So, well, I think when you're talking about this locking system, I mean, we're really talking about the joint where the two floorboards meet. I mean, they kind of lock together, and, and that's what's creating that water resistance. I mean, it just can't get through there, right? That's correct. Think of it as a floating floor. There's no uh, nails involved. It's one of the easy DIY uh, aspects of this product that makes it such a, a DIY-friendly install versus a wood that may need nails or tile that may be a lot more involved. Uh, this is right down the alley of our DIY customers. <clears throat> and by having that uh, really super airtight locking system in between the boards, uh, those joints prevent any water from coming from above the surface into those boards uh, that would create the damage that um, that we've talked about earlier. Now, when we think of laminate, I think the first thing that folks think is uh, laminate that looks like hardwood floor, but this product can really look like a, a tile or, or even a, a vinyl or a marble, depending on, on the style you choose. Is that correct? Absolutely. We can make it have a tile look. Uh, what we're really seeing popular right now is some of these new age uh, wood looks. So I'm talking about gray coloring, beige, uh, multi-tones. We're seeing hand-scraped hickories that uh, really look a lot like authentic wood. Uh, and it's these on-trend looks that uh, have enabled us to really have a lot of success with this product so far. I mean, really, this is a first. You're getting a beautiful opportunity to have a board that has all of these natural details, you know, even like a hand-scraped board. It's got that texture. Exactly. Uh, the new, this new laminate isn't flat like a countertop, like you mentioned, uh, it has real re- real ridges to it, nooks, um, the hand scrapes, the cross cuts that we talked about early. Uh, you know, I, I encounter these floors a lot, and um, it's it's fun to play some uh, tricks on folks to say, pick the real wood, pick the laminate, and uh, with this new stuff from Pergo, it's tough to tell the difference. The product is called Pergo Outlast Plus, and it has the Spill Protect 24 technology, which locks out water from those flooring joints for up to 24 hours gives you a chance to get it cleaned up with no damage to the floor. It's backed by a lifetime warranty and available at the Home Depot. Will Hudson, Laminate Flooring Merchant, thanks so much for being a part of the Money Pit. Thanks a lot, Tom. All right, up next, is your roof ready for this rough weather ahead? We're going to tell you how to make sure it is after this. You live in a Money Pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. You will get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a home safety and security lighting bundle by Mr. Beams. And that includes the Mr. Beam Ultra Bright Ceiling Light. I mean, it is way bright, you guys. 300 lumens, so you can light up a large area. It's got a unique diffuser on it as well, so you get a really wide coverage area of about 300 square feet. So you can light those larger areas. 
areas like a shed or a big garage space, even your shower or a closet or a pantry, and it's battery operated so you can install it anywhere. It's totally wireless so you or anybody who's maybe not the most electrically certified can go ahead and install this at home. The ultra bright ceiling light is $29.99, but the bundle includes several of Mr. Beam's lights for a total value of $169. You can check it all out at mrbeams.com or learn more by calling them at 877-298-9082. is our telephone number. Call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your home improvement question. Now, I've got Doug in Virginia on the line with a siding question. How can we help you? Yes, I've got uh, my son's house has some vinyl siding on it. And uh, the folks that owned it before he did uh, were patching something with some of the spray foam insulation, uh, the crack filler stuff. And it oozed out all over the siding. So I know I can go back and cut it loose, cut what's extra stuff. But when I get down close to the vinyl, what can I clean the residue off with to make it clean without damaging the vinyl? It's very difficult because you get those those um, foams are usually polyurethane and they have real adhesive qualities to it, really real adhesive. So um, what you can do is try to gently scrape it off with uh, a putty knife, but make sure you want use an older one is better because it won't be quite so sharp. And very carefully do that, and then I've I've stripped off uh, some some uh, foam errant foam with WD forty as the solvent. So you might want to try that with a Scotch pad because Scotch pad is not abrasive. But you could spray the siding with the WD forty and then work the Scotch pad back and forth. You may find that you uh, pull off some of that some of that residue. It really depends on you know what kind of foam it is. But you're right. Once it's dry, to cut as much of it off and then try to abrade the rest of it off. But do so with a mind not to damage the siding. Okay. Well, I'll give it a try. WD forty. Yep. Try it. It's one of the thousand uses for that stuff. <laughs> you know, they say the only the only two things in your toolkit, WD forty and duct tape, they're pretty close. Then I can go over the whole back of the house with WD forty to to revive. Well, I would if it's if it's the whole back of the house. I mean, you're talking about spot cleaning, okay? But if it's the whole back of the house, then I I think you got a bigger problem. I think you're looking at new siding. But would I get an oily spot when I use the WD forty that would look different than the you rest will. of it? You will, but soap and water will take it away. I guess that'll fade, yeah. That's why it's good for only, like, a little spot. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Doug. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, now that winter is almost upon us, it's a really good idea to give your roof a thorough inspection to make sure that it can stand up to wind, water, snow, and ice ahead. It's coming, guys. Definitely. And it's not really that hard if you know where to look. So first up, grab your binoculars, get outside, and do a visual inspection of your roof. You want to look carefully at the most common areas where leaks occur. And that's pretty much anywhere where something comes through the roof or where a roof intersects. So for example, you want to look for loose or cracked flashing around a chimney or around a vent pipe, and also look for damaged or discolored or missing shingles as well. Now, minor problems like these, that can lead to the need for major repairs. So you want to fix them quickly before water has a chance to get inside your home. You want to use a pro for repairs, but don't let them talk you into a roof replacement when really just a repair is needed. Yeah, and keep in mind that interior leaks and watermarks can signal problems 
problems on your roof. But these inside hints aren't the only signs of trouble, which is why that outside inspection is so important, which again, you can do very safely from ground with a pair of handy binoculars. Look for all those intersection points where roofs and walls come together, as well as all the places where things come through the roof, like pipes and chimneys. If you're going to have a leak, I can almost guarantee you it's going to happen because of one of those places. Getty, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Oh, hi. Uh, my uncle is struggling with a mouse problem. Okay. And uh, he wants to get rid of them the old-fashioned way, but his wife uh, doesn't want him to be harmed or killed or anything. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah, so they're trying to figure out a way of, uh, I don't know, catching them or, you know, get, keeping them out of the house, stuff like that. So what I would suggest is that, first of all, you try to mouse-proof your house as much as possible. So by doing that, you need to seal all the gaps that may surround the exterior, most commonly like around where pipes and things come through the walls. Secondly, you want to avoid anything that creates a nesting site or, or areas where the, the mice can, can sort of dig into. Like, for example, a common one might be firewood piled close to the house and that sort of thing, high grass. So you want to try to make that uh, as unmouse friendly as possible. Next, you want to look at moisture sources and food sources that are inside the house. So for example, I've seen folks develop mouse problems because they have pet food, the big heavy pet food bags, perhaps sitting on the garage floor where the mice decide they're going to, they're going to, they're going to cut their own door into the side of that bag and, and help themselves. So you want to make sure that any type of food source is off the ground, up on shelves and in, uh, rodent proof containers, metal containers. Okay. You could also put in. Um, let's see. See, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to kill them. So pretty much any other way to get rid of these things is going to remove. Is going to kill them. I mean, you could use bait stations where they'll. I mean, does she just not want to kill them, or she just want them to die in the house? Because. <laughs> It's a fine point. You know, if you use a bait station, they usually take the bait and go outside right. <laughs> while that stuff goes to work. I, I can understand and perhaps not wanting to use mouse traps because that can get kind of messy and gross. But, uh, you know, I would suggest you try to make your home as, as, as rodent resistant as possible. We've got a great article on how to do that. It's called Beating the Rat Race. It's on MoneyPit.com. But I, I do think that if you really want a permanent solution, uh, you're going to end up having to use some rodenticides as well. Okay. I think that beats her idea. She's wanting to catch them all and take them down the road somewhere. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're not going to catch them. They're pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Now that Halloween has passed, it's time to decorate for the holidays ahead. We're going to have tips to take you through the end of the season after this. You live in a Money Pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. All right, we're going to jump into our email questions here or your posts. We've got one here from Blake in New Mexico who writes, I'm teaching myself some basic woodworking. I was wondering what the difference is between regular white glue and glue specifically for wood. That's a really good question. It is. And white glue is basically polyvinyl glue and yellow glue is alphitic resin glue. Now, the difference 
difference is that both are water-based, but the yellow glue can be sanded and painted. It's also got a shorter drying time. Now, neither of them are truly stainable, so you have to be very careful with any spillage. If it happens, what you want to do is avoid sort of rubbing it off because you can press it into the grain, and then you'll have them area that won't take stain. So I like to let it dry to kind of a rubbery consistency and then sort of lift it off with a putty knife. Um, The other thing to remember is that both of those adhesives are water-based. Therefore, they're not great for anything that's going to get really wet. If that's the case, you're probably going to use some type of epoxy and then skip the polyvinyl white glue or the yellow uh, alphitic resin, which is also called, called carpenter's glue. Make sense? Yeah, you know, Blake, when it comes to adhesives, especially with woodworking, it's kind of like a chemistry experiment. You want to make sure that you're getting the right chemicals involved in the adhesive for the project that you're doing. And really, a carpenter's glue is the most used when it comes to woodworking. Well, there is no one who loves decorating for the holidays more than my friend Leslie. And there's no better place to decorate for that season than your entryway. And as luck would have it, that is the topic for today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Oh, yeah, you guys. You know, your entryway really serves as the perfect place to show off your love of the season. Now, I've got a few ideas to hopefully inspire you. Fall wreaths, they really are a beautiful touch. Now, you can buy a basic styrofoam or even grapevine wreath from your local craft store and then gather things from your own yard to pin to it. So you can look for leaves or pine cones, acorns, whatever says fall to you. Now, you want to make sure when you're applying things to your wreath, you know, try to cover up all spare areas so that there's nothing sticking out that looks rough, especially if you're using the styrofoam ones. You know, you can actually wrap the styrofoam with an autumn ribbon and then go ahead and apply that fall decor to it so that you really get the full look. Now, when it comes to hanging that wreath, you want to avoid putting a hole in your front door. It could damage it. It could also avoid the warranty if you've got one. You can actually get a small easel and prop it up on your porch, or you can use fishing line or a suction cup and hook the wreath right to your door and hang it on there. And speaking of your door, have you ever thought about framing it with garland. You know, garlands really aren't just for Christmas. You can use something as simple as a rope and then attach fall decor items to it. Or you can frame your door by propping tall corn husks up on either side and putting pumpkins next to them. You can even use artificial leaf garland or even orange lights. It only takes a few seconds to create a really beautiful lasting first impression. Now, when you're choosing these decor items, you want to plan for items that will take you all the way through, you know, starting up for the other holidays that happen in December. So think of things like corn, squash, pumpkins, even planters of mums and purple cabbage, because that will give you a head start. You know, so for next year, you could start in September and then go all the way through Thanksgiving and the end of November. And you can add things to and from to sort of make it back to school or Halloween or Thanksgiving. Don't do it over and over and over. Just add to and take away. And then come December, we're talking a different game, guys. There's no doubt that you are the number one fan of holiday decorating. (laughs) I love it. I know, it's fantastic. I get so sad when the holidays are over. So sad. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, coming up next time on the program, a warm, toasty home does come at a price, but the best way to keep those utility costs low is by making sure your house is properly winterized. We'll have tips to do just that on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.